to the Soren Sports Podcast. Today, I'm your host, Braden, and my co-host, Alan, is joining me as always. And today, we're going to be uh, talking a little baseball, wherein we're going to discuss, you know, Alan's team's winning the World Series and uh, his uh, memories about the celebration that ensued, as well as uh, just some general MLB news that's been going on in the months since the World or in the couple weeks since the World Series ended, you know, and it's going to be a great time. So, you know, grab your bats, grab your gloves, and let's get ready to talk some baseball. But first off, let's talk about Alan and how he's doing today. Alan, how you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good so far. Uh, same routine right now, just taking care of the dog. I uh, had to do some laundry today and some grocery shopping, like always. But hey, it's always good to once in a while get out of the house and and just enjoy beautiful weather. I know in Rexburg it's snowing, so at times I'm like, what is snow? But then again, I'm going to be heading over there, my my wife and I, in December for Christmas. So, so yeah, now I won't be avoiding the snow, but at least I'm not, it's not like, oh, we're going to be there for like a year or three years or something. But it's always great to to take advantage of great weather and and yeah but uh, as always i'm doing good battling each and every day awesome great to hear man you excited to talk some baseball today oh yes i am let's do it let's get started so uh let's see just what was it two weeks ago now dodgers win the world series yeah it's been two weeks exactly ending uh what a 32 year drought that's been going correct yes so uh you know let's let's talk about some of the narratives that went that happened because of that you know all the COVID-19 stuff with Justin Turner we'll get into that we'll also get into a little bit of uh just uh Clayton Kershaw and postseason you know narrative and that yeah debate whether or not that's ended or is going to continue um just yeah, absolutely. What we expect to see from uh, the Dodgers here in the near future. So let's get started. Uh, first off, Dodgers won the World Series. You know they ended that drought, which is exciting. You know, at least you've get, gotten to see your team win it. I may never see it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got to see what the Rockies do. You know, but uh, things aren't looking uh, too good on that front right now. But uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, that's neither here or there right now. So Dodgers win. Let's talk about the celebration first off. What did you and your uh, lovely wife, Flory, get into doing celebrating the World Series? Well, um, obviously, um, as we watched the whole thing unfold, uh, obviously, we were happy for joy. We were celebrating. It's probably the first time we celebrate together. And it was wonderful. But what's also wonderful was like, like in my entire life, I've been mostly associated with the Dodgers because mostly a lot of my family, pretty much I would say 95% of my family are Dodger fans. And also I have a lot of friends, like if they're not Yankee fans, they're Dodger fans. And the association, the connection that I've made with the Dodgers, it's it's just so deeply rooted and and also like knowing the Dodger history, not just from like Jackie Robinson and 
Steve Garvey, Fernando Valenzuela, so now like Clayton Kershaw and Mookie Betts, all those guys, it just brought it together. And I think how the Dodgers did it, like some will say, oh, but this was a, what is it, 62 game, game. season. I'm like, who cares? Like 62, heck, 162 doesn't matter. Like it, it's always challenging no matter what. And they just proved that it, it came together and, and really what at the end, experience won. When it experience won and they used it to its, to its full advantage. So I was very happy, very ecstatic. And, and also the big thing I would say that, and I'm saying this proudly, was if you look at the winning pitcher and closer, both of them from Mexico. And when I see those guys perform at Victor, like Victor Gonzalez and Julio Urias, two guys that like they've been playing pro baseball in Mexico since 15 years old. And they've been in the big stage in Mexico. And we talked about that in our recent episode that the younger these guys and these international players play pro, then when they get to another baseball, say like the major leagues, it's no, the, the lights and all, it won't fade them. It's like, it's just another day at the office for them. And they performed very well. It reminded me if it was Fernando Valenzuela in 81, like leading the Dodgers in to victory. So it, even though I wasn't born in that, I wasn't, we weren't even born, but my dad who saw it, he reminded me of Fernando Valenzuela. And, and though, that's why Julio Rias and Victor Gonzalez, they brought that magic. And, and I think really they, it showed how, even how the Dodgers have a great history as far as Mexican ballplayers. And that, that just brought a lot of pride. Like, hey, these are my guys. These are the guys that I trusted. And, and they did their thing. Like, no problem. Even during the postseason, like, they, they were just killing it. So that brought a lot of pride, a lot of joy to me personally, along with other Mexicans who saw that stat line. I'm just like, Man, they got to talk. Hopefully in Mexico, these guys better be talked about because they performed big. They weren't afraid. And if they were in a jam, guess what? They were going to get out of it and move forward. Yeah, I think that's, you know, that's obviously a really cool thing to see. You know, baseball has become an international sport. And it's kind of fun to see how a lot of teams, especially the Dodgers, have embraced that. And I think another cool thing about it was the trust that manager Dave Roberts had in Julio Arias and you know because Kenley Jensen Jansen you know he uh he's been the Dodgers closer forever you know and unfortunately this year he just didn't have it for whatever reason it was a down year and once he got to the postseason he uh wasn't pitching as much as he had been or probably Mm -hmm. could be but it was fun because you'd see Dave Roberts turn to Arias and moments where the game was on the line and he'd need to get a six out save you know or nine out save and he'd do it every time and it was fun to see how that worked out 
Yeah, absolutely. And and really like how how they did it was wonderful. But I think the biggest thing that I got out of it, and I'll I'll say this about the race. The race, they did wonderful, really. Like really nobody or probably several people thought the race would make the World Series. And what Randy Arosarena did was unbelievable. I hope he uses this to carry on to next season. That is my hope. Because I think he's also one of the bright stars in Major League Baseball, if he keeps this up. But the biggest thing that really changed the complexion of this World Series, like, obviously was Kevin Cash, the, the skipper for the race, who just got named deservedly as the manager of the year for the American League, pulls out Blake Snell, who was just dealing, dealing, and dealing. And I thought, man, are you kidding me? If we have to deal with him for seven innings or eight, we're not going to score, no matter who they bring in. And that changed the game. And even I, like, hearing the Dodgers' reaction, I guess, like, Mookie Betts especially, when he saw he was pulled out, he looked at Dave Roberts be like, did that just happen? Or I don't know if it was Dave Roberts or, Co- or Cody Bellinger. He looked at somebody and said, like, there's, like, did someone, did he just took him out? Yeah, and I remember seeing Cody Bellinger, you know, afterwards saying in the post-game interview, he was like, you know, our game plan was to get Snell out of the the game in the sixth inning. We just didn't expect it to happen like that. So, you know, we we all had this many little celebration, you know, so. Yeah, and and I know we were talking off off the podcast, but we were saying that um, when – when they pull out, when Urias was coming in, you were like, what are they doing if Victor Gonzalez is dealing? But it's like, but I made the comments, hey, it's an upgrade. Yes, Gonzalez is good. It's his rookie year. He's killing it. But Julio Urias, he's a starter. He's done this before. He's not afraid. So it's an upgrade. And I thought with the Rays, okay, if you're going to take up Blake Snell, you better have someone. Uh, another great pitcher from the bullpen, ready. And they picked Anderson, who, let's just say, wasn't good. If it was, it would have been Yarborough or somebody, okay, would have been different. But you saw what happened, and that's where I made the comment, like, like I get the whole analytics thing, like, oh, if they meet, if he sees them for the third time, oh, they'll study them and all that. But it's like, hey, you got Blake Snell out there, keep him. But also, I think Kevin Cash would have gotten the Grady Little treatment from 03, meaning that they would have criticized, he got criticized in the 2003 pennant race against the Yankees that he pulled off Pedro Martinez a little bit too early when he was dealing. So, he would have, it would have been the same, but to me, I would have said, hey, if he kept him out there and still was dealing, hey, do it, you know, like, that's what they're being paid for, and I think if you had Randy Johnson out there, Pedro Martinez out there, 
or Tom Glavin or any Hall of Fame pitchers that that I, we just talked about, if they're out there, guess what? They'll be like, no, I'm going to go pitch until I can't. So, yeah, it's just unbelievable to see that. But it happened, and, and it happened. Yeah, you remember I went on off on this rant with you about it all, and, you know, I was kind of ticked at everything because, you know, I'm a little old school when it comes to baseball, you know, like if the pitcher's dealing, you leave him out there, you go by feel, you know, despite what analytics say about third time through the order, like I don't think that would have come into play. I mean, Mookie Betts for this year, he wasn't doing too well against left-handed pitchers, you know, and Blake Snell is, you know, he's a southpaw. And Mm -hmm. Mookie Betts just, you know, two strikeouts already, you know, yeah, Snell let up the base hit to start the inning but like he already had like one or two outs in the, in that inning at that point and so it, you're just like why is this being taken why is he being taken out here if you want to excuse me you want to consider it consider me I would have done gone to him and say okay you're kind of slowing down here I, you're can, probably getting a little tired let's just take it batter to batter and refocus up and get going that's what that's personally how I would have handled the situation Mm -hmm. but we also got to remember and I've thought about it a lot since and listened to other opinions about the Rays and that's the situation but one thing we have to remember is this is what the Rays do that's how they got to the World Series in the first place was by using analytics and predict the predictions that they can make to and very effectively to get to the World Series. Now, Kevin Cash in his post-game interview said, you know, he just believed in third time through the order and how that would have, you know, make give up the game or something would have happened, you know. And he was rightly questioned about that, you know, because a lot of people are like, why? You know, we all wanted answers for that as baseball fans. Yeah. And Kevin Cash, he said, look, this is what we've done all year. We believe in third time through the order. So that's what we did. And that made a lot of sense. I still don't like the decision to pull them, but it made a lot of sense. And then you look back at what they've done all year and that's what they did. Now, that being said, you also have to look at your analytics for your bullpen, not just your starting pitcher. And Anderson, he didn't have it that postseason. You know, like you said, had it been Yarbrough or some of these other guys that were reliable in the bullpen that were maybe left-handed, you know, play the matchup of Mookie Betts not seeing left-handed pitching very well this year, you know, and we have a different ball game, you know, maybe there was, would have been a game seven, you know, but it worked out that he brought in Anderson who did not have anything to go this postseason. You know, some pitchers, they get relied on so much throughout the regular season and started the postseason that they just get they get gassed and tired. And I think that's what we were seeing with Anderson. He just got gassed out. He had nothing left to give. and But he ha- he knew he had a job to do, and he tried to do it. He just couldn't because he, he just had nothing left in the tank. And so we saw how that affected the rest of that game. And obviously the Dodgers, the better team, came out on top. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why, like, they disregarded that, you know, like, if you're going to do analytics, 
you got to look at it from every aspect and or even um here's the thing with analytics like i get it now i've evolved in it like yes it's great and all but i i would say this and and i quote this from uh, uh from a famous sports radio talk dan patrick who said be in like with analytics not in love because the moment you start falling in love with analytics more then like you lose the soul not just of the player but of the team and that's what we saw in Dave Roberts and obviously the Dodgers like did they use analytics yes but they use soul they use it people like they moved around versatile not depending on analytics but on matchup and that's where it hurt the race when it mattered in game six and from that there was nothing the race can do about it and it's all about soul in and when you get to the world series because yeah you can use all the numbers and all that but the deeper you get in the playoffs, like, and, it, and especially when it's a game seven, all that analytic stuff goes out the window. And we have seen what happens when it's deep and all the analytics goes out the window and it's all the soul. Then we see teams that perform at a level, one of those teams perform at a level that we never seen. And the teams that have, done that like obviously last year with the nationals it was sold and they asked the Astros like that you could say the same thing in even for the cubs like they did use some analytics but at the end it was sold and and this is i think a lesson for the race as well like if they want to get back to the world series and compete for it it's all about the soul the deeper you get Mm -hmm. and I think like you said it there has you kind of were alluding to it you know there there has to be this happy balance you know you can't just strictly rely on numbers you know like look at the Moneyball 2002 Oakland A's right they relied completely Mm -hmm. on numbers they had soul but it was mostly just the numbers and they didn't even make it to the World Series I don't I know they made the postseason, but I think they left third. No, they they got eliminated in the divisional series by the Twins. Yeah, and so they they, you know, they haven't done super hot ever, you know, they're they're starting to realize they need that balance. And you know, Matt Chapman, he got er, injured earlier in the year, you know, and he's but he's the soul of that team and we could see the A's just played differently without Matt Chapman on there on in that locker room in that clubhouse. Mm-hmm. You know, and when it comes to the Rays, their identity is all about the numbers. They don't have a team identity, team culture, other than numbers say this, this is how we do it. Mm -hmm. You know, like we kind of talked about in our last episode with the Houston Rockets, how they they were basically the Tampa Bay Rays of the NBA. But I think the major difference was, we didn't mention it at the time, but I think as we I thought about it, you know, but they still had soul. They had a team culture. They had a team identity. Like, you can honestly ask the question, what's the Rays' identity? And 
I don't know it <laughs> as a baseball fan. I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. other than saying this is what they say the numbers do. This is what they do, you know, and that's that that's hurtful because you yeah. can see Blake Snell. He was having one of the best performances of his career in the game's brightest stage with everybody, everybody's eyes on him. He was having his Cy Young year level performance and they pulled him out. You could see his disillusionment with everything the Rays do at that point. He was so upset about it, you know, and so, and I honestly can't blame him for it. Yeah. You know, you can tell right away, even like, like I said, and any pitcher from back in the day, you probably want to stay away from because don't get probably even more upset than than now. But yeah, like it's understandable. You know, and like we saw earlier in the postseason with the Astros, right? With I don't remember who was pitching, but Dusty Baker goes out thinking he might need to make a pitching change, and because that's what the numbers are telling him and what you know he's thinking might need to happen. But he goes up and he looks at the pitcher's eyes and he asks him how about one more out or one more inning and the guy goes you got it you know and I don't think yet I don't remember if they won that game but that pitcher definitely had success in that inning you know so and Dusty Baker is a bit older in the game right yeah absolutely but he's had that experience I think experience in the playoffs is more important as a manager because then you can have that number side of things as well as that soul that you were talking about and Mm -hmm. I don't know if the Rays had that yeah so but like I mentioned it's a learning lesson for the Rays and hopefully they carry this to next season use the soul when it matters and and it'll do great dividends to you in the long run Oh yeah, you know, and that's kind of, that's kind of good segue because a large part into this next segment is a large part of what the Dodgers had been dealing with, especially Clayton Kershaw, is postseason Kershaw. Would Kershaw be able to do do it in the postseason? And you know, like you know, and I was one of those people that would say I don't think he he's game to game. You know, he's had wonderful performances, but. Overall, he hasn't had that much success in the postseason. You know, we could have, until Manning got his ring, and, you know, we said the same thing about Manning. You know, we'll probably say the same thing about some hockey stars, you know, like Nathan McKinnon right now, great superstar in the league, but he's not well-known outside of Avalanche fans because, well, he doesn't have that much of a winning in the when it matters in the season. You know, we think about Tom Brady and we think – or LeBron James, and we just our minds go to postseason success. And now, when we think about Kershaw, he hadn't had that, but now he has. He has that ring, and you know, I don't care about what happened in the past postseasons. You know, and like yeah, I would say I would say the same. Yeah, like you mentioned that, like that is over with. I know some people. I'm not. Um, that I'm not going to name who, but they've said, oh, he's got to do more. He's got to, like, get another World Series, which, hey, I get it. Like, two, it solidifies it. One, it just, like, 
Okay, check more. You got it. Two, it's like, okay, it's a little fighter. Okay, you're good. To me, it's like, let Clayton enjoy this. Like, to me, he, like, he was just unbelievable this postseason. And, yes, it was a struggle, again. Like, but in the World Series, he delivered both times he started. Both times. And I was like, we're fine now. We can relax. Because Clayton did his job. He did. He played magnificent, like he's always done. And and it's only going to get better from here. Like now, now when you have a championship, you can relax. And what I mean by relax is when you're out there in the mound, you're calm, you're focused, not being tensed up, which at times I have seen him do that. And it has, that's why he's had those failures. But now that he's got that World Series, he can relax. He can do his pitches the way he, he wants them to. And that's even going to help him more in continuing success for the Dodgers, which I could see this being going on forever. You know, you have Monkey for the next 12 years, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and those people that are saying he needs to get another one, it's like, why? When's enough going to be enough? You know, because like, yeah, like you said, it solidifies it, but now you're just moving the goalpost. Now you're making it harder for him. It's, yeah. it's that group of people, I think, that aren't willing to let go of that, oh, Kershaw can't get it done in the postseason. You know, okay, let's look at his postseason. Okay, you know, they've been in the postseason forever. You know, 2014 ran into the Giants. 16 ran into the Cubs. I don't remember 15. I wasn't, you know. It was the Mets. Yeah, so they ran into the Mets. 17, made it to the World Series. Had a little trash can trouble. (laughs) Yeah. You know, they couldn't beat the Astros cheating, you know. High game five's gone way different, and they won that World Series. I think that, that would have been his second ring. Okay, 18. At the Red Sox, no one was going to stop the Red Sox that year. That was the best team in world and baseball history. Cheating aside, that's still the best Red Sox team and baseball yeah. team ever. You know, and we don't know how to what extent they were actually cheating, like we do with the, the Astros. They never released that information. But like, and then 2019, they ran into the Nationals and made some questionable decisions in the divisional series okay so like you know they had a decade of postseasons where they just ran into teams who got hot and either won it or would get to the world series and either they cooled down on world series or they won it all you know 2015 mets ran into the royals 16 cubs won it all 17 astros 18 red Sox. last year 19 the nationals won it and then this year they finally get got it, you know. And now you could argue Mookie Betts was that final piece they needed, which probably was, you know, second best player in all of baseball. That's got to help. Oh yeah. You know, but because of Kershaw, I think in that team identity that they have, you know, that's what solidified the Dodgers' postseason run this year. And had it been a full 162, I still think the Dodgers would have won it all. Absolutely, yeah, and it's just like, like, 
I want to describe this like it was a battle for it, but also for everybody. Like even like I've I've had thoughts like we might turn into the Braves of the nineties, or World Series after World Series and can't get it done and only on one. But I think now with this one, it's like they are a different team, and they're not only satisfied with one; they want more, and they want to be up there with the greatest. And that's what I like about this this group of of Dodger players. And they're going to do everything they can to get back to it. And and also as far as Clayton goes, like like I think being as far as pitching goes, and you're talking modern day era. I think he should be, he's top five now with the World Series ring. Like, obviously, you had Randy Johnson in it, who I think number, he's number one to me. And then obviously, you had like someone like Tom Glavin, Andy Pettit. You could say Roger Clements as well. And then Clayton is up there. Like, you could switch whatever, but just because of the success he's had, and now he's figured out a formula. Okay how to have success in the postseason, and he's going to stick to it, which is a huge advantage when when you finally get over the hump. Mm-hmm. There's that, but, you know, you still had the chance to be the Braves of the 90s, just saying. <laughs> yeah, but... Just saying. I don't think that's going to happen, really. <laughs> I have a feeling it won't. You know, I don't think so either, but, you know, there's still that chance, you know, and I'll rub that in in as until it it's proven otherwise <laughs> well, yeah <laughs> you know i gotta get my shots <laughs> i know that yeah i know that you know we gotta have laughs on this podcast yeah <laughs> like especially you know yeah he's got that formula and he's got that monkey off his back my favorite image as the world series was ending was the look on kershaw's face after that final out was made, that last drag got called. His arms go up in the air. He's happy, but more importantly, he just looks relieved. You know, yeah. that for me showed the narrative was done. Kershaw didn't care about it anymore. It was done. You know, so I, I think that's the narrative's over. We can argue about should he get another one or not? Will that mean anything? Sure. But in the end, is it going to matter? No. And that's the important thing. Absolutely. You know, it's, we've said, or I've said many times, you know, baseball especially has a way of reflecting the world and politics and everything going on in general, you know, and such was the case in the year of the pandemic season. We, uh, we didn't know it at the time, but around the eighth inning, Justin Erner gets pulled from the game. We don't know what's going on. We hadn't heard anything. Announcers didn't say anything. He just disappeared from the game. And uh turned out he tested positive for COVID-19. And, well, we as the Dodgers were celebrating, he was back on the field. <laughs> yeah. And at times he didn't have his mask on or anything. And I mean, I get the argument. He'd been around them all the time. So like if he'd exposed anyone, they'd have already been exposed. But at the same time, it's like, there's still so much we don't know about this virus, you know, and you have teammates, your manager even, who 
are at high risk for contracting COVID-19. You know, I get once in a lifetime opportunity, but you're the Dodgers, you're going to free agency. You're probably going to re-sign back with LA. They'll probably go and win it again next year. So, you know, did you really need to come out to celebrate and get that mm. photo? I would say this much. Um, I'm, I get it. Like, in that case, it's the end of the season and all. But I would say this. Like, I think made the Major League Baseball, like, how they approached, like, I would say when they released this, it was bad timing. And and I and I love talking about the Dodgers winning, yes, but hearing a lot about oh, uh, yeah, the Dodgers win it, but one of the players got COVID. Let's talk about that. I'm like, are you kidding me? And I think like how Major League Baseball handled it when they leaked it was bad. And if they would have leaked it a day after or two, no big deal. Like, okay, yeah, the Dodgers won it. That's all we talk about. And then we have this. It's like, oh, okay. Been two, three days. Okay. Like, we didn't know, but now we do. But since they released it right then and there, it was just like, it created a lot of confusion. That day, it did. And I know I was confused. My wife was confused. So was half of America confused. Like, uh, what is going on? Like, why are you telling this now? Can you wait like a couple days to like, hey, let's process the Dodgers winning it, then get into this? But I think it was just like pat, bad publicity on Major League Baseball. I know, I know they want to keep this, they want to keep it going, they want to do things the right way. But I think if they were gonna do that, I think they should have consulted the Dodgers as far as hey when to release the news that Justin Turner just got tested positive. Because if the Dodgers were the ones that did it, then I think a, a conversation would have been different. It would have been like, okay, we get the Dodgers why and all that. But for Major League Baseball to just, and I know they're the ones in charge and all, but for them to do it just like that while the Dodgers are celebrating, it just takes away the joy of like seeing a team that had struggled to get to the top, and now they made it, and we have to talk about this. You know, I can't say I don't blame you. You know, your team wins, and all of a sudden you hear all these negative things about your team. You know, like, that's not what a fan wants to hear after, or anybody wants to hear after they win it all. They want to celebrate, so I get that point of view. But at the same time, we have – that that's just what this year has been with baseball. I mean, yeah, uh-huh. and MLBs handled COVID nineteen fairly well. You know, every time absolutely, yeah, something happened with COVID, they you know quarantined the teams for two weeks, postponed their games. They met it up with double headers and so on and so forth. You know, had the Dodgers not won in Game Six, we would have had a Game Seven, and they probably would have won it in Game Seven. You know, so like, so I understand the frustration with releasing that information that night, but with so many people out there concerned about this virus and what it can do, I think it was 
the way they handled it was probably poor. I mean, they could have worded things better or done it in a better way. You know, baseball's not the best with public relations in that regard, but like that information was, like you said, still needed to get out there. And otherwise we would have questions of why was Turner pulled out of the game that night, you know? Yeah. So like either that night or the next morning would have made sense. It just happened to be that night. So they could, should have done it better. And then the way they made it seem like Turner forced his way out onto the field only to be proven, have that proven false was very bad look as well. You know, like he asked and they let him go. (laughs) Like it's not the narrative they were saying where he basically forced his way out on the field. You know, he, he asked and they said, yeah, okay. You know, after telling him to quarantine. Mm-hmm. I I don't get that. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those. And I think this topic, like, it's going to continue to be talked about, like, maybe not through national media, but also but probably through the local media, through podcasts like ours. Like, it will be talked about probably until the beginning of the season. And And really, this is something that, and like I said, a lesson learned for baseball, like, like that should allow them to go, okay, what can we do next time? So in case we have something like this, never to happen again. So, so yeah, like, it's just, it's just one of those where, like, have they consulted with the Dodgers or with the team that has a player who tested positive during the game? Then, then I believe the the press release coming out would have been exactly how it should be professional and also um, informative as well. Which it was informative, yes. Like we always talk about, like did they do the like did they do the right thing? Yes, they did the right thing by informing that hey, a Dodger player tested positive, but was the way they did it. The correct way and that is where it's always going to make a break so yeah like do the right thing yes absolutely but you gotta make sure that it's done correctly or else it's gonna backfire and baseball you mentioned has had the history of a lot of backfires so if they can learn that then I think baseball will be in great shape and and really people will get interested more in baseball once again. Yeah, I I agree. You know, I have nothing more to say on, on that. I think a lot of people, they talk, I've been seeing and everything I've been hearing suggests, you know, once it's talked about, people are kind of done with it. You know, I think like we talked about yesterday a little bit, I think we're all just kind of reaching that stage where okay, yes, it's important to know what's going on with in health and safety of these athletes, but we don't, we're kind of getting fatigued from talking about COVID every single day. And, you know, I think, yeah, some people are going to bring it back up, especially with Justin Turner being a free agent as he's going to get courted by different teams, essentially. But I don't see him going anywhere but back to LA. So I don't think it's going to be that much of a narrative. Yeah, I, I think so too. Like, hopefully that's the case. And 
and we'll just move on. If the if we move on, then great. Then we could just talk about other stuff. But if it continues, then I don't know what's gonna happen. We'll see. I mean, it could. Yeah. News came out a few days ago that they're not gonna punish Justin Turner for anything. Um, a lot of people, me included, were uh, suggesting that he gets somewhat of a suspension in the next year. You know. Maybe not a, a heavy suspension at all, but one that let them know, hey, what you did was wrong, you know? Just like you would some sort of discipline besides just the fine. But now they're they're doing nothing, and it, we're all just sitting there going, okay, whatever. But something should be done, I think. Yeah. And I know as a Dodgers fan, that, that sounds harsh. <laughs> But he, he generally put other people's lives at risk. So something needs to get that message through. But I also see it, you know, it's the MLB is the one that needs to take the most heat for it since they're the ones that said, go quarantine. Oh, but you're okay to go back out on the field. So there, yeah. it's, it's a mixed bag. And as we get more information, I'm sure we'll find some somewhere someone is getting something happening. Yeah, absolutely. And and we'll see. I think like you mentioned, this is something that baseball has to major league baseball has to learn. Uh and and use it for their own good. And that way if it happens again, they know how to react to it. <laughs> and and then that way you're more talked about positively. And and I think they they really need that. Major League Baseball, like they, it's it's time for them to really start making sound decisions, but with help. The more help they have, the better it will be for them long run. So reach out, reach out to those teams. If it happens again, how the Dodgers, how it happened to the Dodgers, then we'll have, I think, more what's it called, oversight on what's going on with someone tested positive for COVID and the approach of, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is what's going to happen. It will just get better. I agree. And I think we'll see as time goes on that not just MLB, but everyone gets better at handling it, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but yeah, we mentioned a couple times and it's, Great segue a little bit. Uh, just, we're going into free agency. We're in the MLB offseason. Um, some things have been happening. Qualifying, qualifying offers have been made. Managers fired and rehired. Um, we'll go. We'll give a quick few tidbits on that, give some thoughts on that, and then I think we'll close out for the day. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. So let's kind of start off, you know, awards, not too much to be said. Uh, I only know what I know from the Rockies, and that's Nolan Arenado got his eighth consecutive Golden Glove Award. Yeah, I heard that. Fourth consecutive Platinum Gold Award. So everyone in Major League Baseball still recognizes him as the best defender in baseball, which, you know, he's the best third baseman in the league. Yeah. You know, so that makes sense. Uh, Kevin Cash, ironically, gets manager of the year, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah, it was regular season, so it's deserved so, but 
had postseason gone been put in to some uh, consideration there, I don't think he would have gotten it. <laughs> Perhaps, yeah. But with regular, the way he did handle the regular season with the Rays, I he deserves it. Don Mattingly also got manager of the year. Yep. You know, which is deserved. Everything he did with the Marlins this year, their COVID outbreak and coming back to make the postseason was impressive and deserved. So absolutely, yeah. Um, ironically, for the White Sox, they fire their manager Rick Hanteria, and he becomes a finalist for Manager of the Year. And uh, they hire Tony Larusa, Hall <laughs> of Fame. You say we hire Tony Larusa. He used to manage them back. Back in the late seventies. That's true. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how he handles it coming back. And obviously, Tony Lusa is one of the one of the greats. And when it comes to general manager, you can debate between him or Joe Torre. So we'll see how he does. Like it's been nine years since he last managed, where he won a World Series with the Cardinals. So we'll see what he does. Yeah, well, it'll be uh, interesting to see how that works out and plays out. You know, like, he uh, apparently recently got arrested for uh, a DUI. Yep. So uh, that's not looking too good for uh, you White Sox fans. But uh, I know. we'll uh, have to keep that in mind as uh, time goes on. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how it all works out, you know, like he's been out of baseball for almost a decade, you know, so how, almost, yeah. how is that all going to work out with him and everything? It's like you said, it's going to be interesting. So that's something we'll need to all keep an eye on and pay attention to. Yep. But uh, Alan, do you got any more news? The recent only recent thing I've seen is that uh, Marcus Stroman, who was a free agent. He's coming back, yeah, and with the Mets. The Mets, they're cleaning house now that they have a new owner. Steve Cohen. Steve Cohen, yeah. And that guy, like, he's always been that way in his businesses. And basically, he's just, like I mentioned, cleaning house. And he made a quote that we need to start acting like a major market. About time for the Mets, don't you think? Well, yeah, that's and that's why if you look at them, their history, they've been acting like that second fiddle. And the occasional times that they've acted like a major market, they made noise in the postseason. So he said it, and hey, you better. If you're in New York, you got the resources, go do it. Go do it. Start acting like a major market. Yeah, and, you know, Mets fans have been rejoicing, you know. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if we see JT Romunto become a Met, you know, or Trevor Bauer might become a Met, you know, some of these, depending on what Steve Cohen wants to do with his team. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see, you know, and as we're getting close to the end here, it's kind of going to be an interesting offseason. We'll update everybody with any news we, we find, you know, so it's keep track of that here, you know. You, you like what we're doing, let us know. Yeah. You guys got any topics you'd want for us to cover? Just let us know, and uh, everybody stay safe. Yeah, stay safe. So, uh, we'll, we'll go from there, everybody.